You are now listening to The Open Canvas. Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest, someone who's, you know, very active in more ways than one in the city. More recently, I've just been put onto your music and also just some of the other work that you're doing, man. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing how you continue to build up what you're doing, man. So without any further ado, please introduce yourself. What's up, y'all? My name is Kazi. I'm, uh, I appreciate the, the intro. Uh, my name is Kazi. I'm a, I'm a singer. I'm a rapper. I'm a producer, a writer, occasional DJ. That's how, how we met. And yeah, born, born and raised in New York, uh, Lower East Side. I've been Harlem now, so you know, out here doing this. Yeah, man. Well, well, thank you for being on the open canvas, man. For sure, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. So you mentioned the Lower East Side. I think we talked about it a little bit, but yeah, born and raised there. Born and raised there. Yeah, uh, Alphabet City. Okay, cool. Yeah, where about? Like right by 14th Street, by okay. the first by the first Avenue L stop. Yeah, cool. which is gonna be rough now with the with the L train going down. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm glad crazy. I'm out of there. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. So so yeah, like what was it like for you growing up in that area? It was cool because I went to school uptown, mm-hmm. so I felt like being in the Lower East Side it was a good way to just kind of be away from my school area, and I got to kind of split my time between two very different parts of the city. So, you know, I went to a school that. <clears throat> had a really good arts program but like i personally have always preferred just like being immersed in like the actual culture and just learning mm-hmm. by experience and like being in a classroom so growing up in lower east side like i did a lot of singer songwriter stuff mm-hmm. i did a lot of rock stuff before i made the music that i make now um which is much more hip-hop pop r&b in that realm so growing up in the lower east side you know there's like a lot of these places are closed now but there's a lot of just classic venues for stuff like that like i don't know if you remember the living room yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow, yeah. man. It's been a minute. Yeah. Where, where else, though? Where else? Like, living room. I, I was playing shows at Rockwood. Mm-hmm. I was playing shows at uh, Mercury Lounge, mm-hmm. pianos, like all of those spots down there. There was wow. a place, first gig I played was I was eight. My piano teacher was a singer songwriter and she would do all these gigs at these bars yeah. around the Lower East Side. So, one of the first ones I did was this place called Banjo Gems, mm. which is on Avenue C. Mm-hmm. It's like 9th Avenue C or something like that. It's like down the block from from where New Blue used to be in like drama and all that. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the, the scene that I grew up in, and it was funny because like I w- I would pull up when I was like ten with my piano teacher to these bars, mm-hmm. and I would be like, you know, now like if you're close to twenty one, if you're not you're not of age, they won't let you in. But when I was ten, they were like, fuck it, like you know, like <laughs> right. crackers. I'm cool. Yeah, okay, you're good. Cool, you're cool. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that you know, I, I was pulling up. I was like doing harmonies for my piano teacher for mm-hmm. gigs and stuff. So that's kind of how I came up. So being in that in that scene was dope for me just to kind of be around like session musicians like you know there's i mean shout out shout out uh jesse murphy shout out brazilian girls sean pelton like all of them sean pelton was one of the first uh drummers and session players i played with he's mm. the house drummer at snl yeah just, wow. so, just someone that i just wow. kind of met like yeah. <laughs> out there when i was like 11 just like wilding out you know definitely um so being the lower east side was dope because it was like a whole different world from where i was at in school so mm. so it was uh yeah, it was it was a lot going on in that yeah. in that time for me. <laughs> wow, man. So like, what drew you to, to like just performance? Like, what was it about performing that you know just got you at such an early age? You know what it was like. All right, so oh, I should have brought. I have pictures <laughs> from so where I grew up. They used to do a concert series outside, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this dude. His name was Ronnie Gent. He was a singer songwriter. He used to pull up in the summer. He would like every Wednesday he play a show outside. Mm-hmm. So my parents, when I was like five, when I was like four, not even I wasn't even like in kindergarten yet. They gave me like a guitar. Yeah that obviously wasn't gonna really learn how to play at four but i would go up there and he would let me just like chill and like just pretend i knew what i was doing Mm -hmm. up there right Mm -hmm. so i guess i've always been down with that like for before i could really remember yeah um yeah like when i started to like kind of focus on it more like in a more intentional way yeah it was really k 
came from like me being at concerts mm-hmm. and just like loving the environment there and wanting to be able to create mm. that myself you know yeah, yeah. one of the yeah, first yeah. concerts i went to i mean there's like the smaller stuff that we were talking about but one of the like the first big concerts i went to is i saw bruce springsteen at, at the meadowlands wow when i was eight Legendary. and that shit was like yeah what, what do you remember from that concert bro it was just so big <laughs> and i was such a small human yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what i'm saying like i was like i was so i was i was mad young i was mad little mm-hmm. um and it was just crazy crazy being in like a crowd that big and like my parents raised me on on rock and roll on like mm-hmm. springsteen and bon jovi mm-hmm. elton john billy joel like all that kind of stuff um which i think a lot of people don't necessarily expect and they meet me now mm. but that's what they raised me on and like that's why you know i value like the songwriting and the lyricism so like the storytelling so mm. those are, that's the kind of music that like you know if you go if you go see those performers in like a stadium or in an arena somewhere like the garden or like the, like the meadowlands like if it's like tens of thousands of people that know the words to that like that feeling is crazy yeah, yeah. being in a group like that so I, that was like mind-blowing for me and i was like damn like if i could create a space like this mm. for a living like i'll do that for the rest of my life like i don't care like exactly. you know no yeah i can completely agree with you man i could think about like concerts in my life where it's like that same feeling you know when when you go to an event or like you go to somewhere for an experience it's like you want to sort of be fully like immersed in whatever you know music whatever genre is being played and i think for me like the artists that i seem to gravitate more towards now are like the artists that actually you know create that like sort of live experience for me you know so i fully understand that 100 yeah. percent, yeah and it's crazy yeah i remember we talking about that the other day with throng oh, yeah. parties mm-hmm. like that's why i enjoy djing so much too because mm-hmm. like you know i do every once in a while i don't do it too much but like you know it's nice to like be able to create that same environment and not have it be centered around my own music too mm-hmm. like and just be able to share you know because there's one thing to be on a stage and kind of be presenting something to people and be in that moment with them but that's like very much about you, mm. you know. And I, I really enjoy also just stepping back and like DJing and just playing what we all, what we're just being a fan with everybody else, you know, exactly. of other people and being able to uplift other artists that I know that are upcoming and also just like rock with some Drake or some shit, yeah. Travis, whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great feeling too. And it's also like it lets me be in that position that I was in that inspired me to make music mm. in the first place, you know. So that's it's a good way for me to just like kind of curate in the way that I want to. Definitely. Um yeah which is why i've been rocking with people like you and like malcolm for throwing parties and stuff and i'm gonna continue doing that next year just because like yeah i just think it's good for the culture too like for everybody to be in a space that like obviously you can network or whatever that's always going to be a thing but like i feel like the parties that like me and you and gaijin have done over at kinfolk and just around the city are just like just a good vibe like they've been very low stress like nobody's standing on the wall you know like it's like it's everyone's really really there yeah um so yeah i mean that's really important to me too and i'm glad that i have like both of those outlets to be yeah. to be doing that no I, I can agree with you on that man like even with you know some of the events that i've been a part of and you know the, the event more recently and also the events i've done that over at uh, ap yeah Plus yeah Creative, like yeah definitely can fully agree with you on that man i, I feel like creating experience for other people is sort of like the joy that i have too you know it's like it's not about me it's not about like what i've created it's about what us as a group have sort of contributed to to create for each other you know and i feel like sort of going to those parties we can almost like appreciate what everyone sort of brings to the table yeah and just have fun you know i feel like for me like parties have sort of become more of like less of like a thing like you said like there's always that networking thing but it's like it's less of that and more of just like enjoying moments with people yeah, because I feel like that's sort of where the real connections come from is when you can actually like really like enjoy a moment with someone 100%, and share that. You know, for sure. I, yeah. yeah, I much prefer like I forget which one it was that me and you met. I think it was just one of the ones that 
Dust? Was that spinning that one? I think, yeah, I think you were, yeah. So, Gaijin was throwing a party, yeah. he threw me on the bills like a Sunday night, right? right. Oh, that was the one the World's Fair came to. Right, right. That right. was crazy, that bro. That was a good night. <laughs> I wasn't even expecting that. So, that was, so for, for y'all <laughs> weren't at this party, this was one of the first parties that I played at Kinfolk and my boy Gaijin. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Gaijin Kev. Um, just threw me on the bill. It was a Sunday night. I was like, cool, it'll be light. But I think, was it Hype Fest? Was that the day of Hype Fest? It was that weekend, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was wild. It was not a regular Sunday night definitely, at all. Definitely. At all. Yeah. Um, and that's where I met Taj. And it was like, it was very, yeah, it was very organic. Like, I was in the booth. He was just on the mic, you know? And, like, yeah, I feel like yeah. you can always just walk up to people and, like, say what's up and, like, try to put yourself on with people or, like, let them know what you do. But, like, I feel like all of my realest relationships with people came from just, like, meeting in a supernatural way. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. also a part of it. Like, obviously, like, I'm trying to have fun when I throw parties, mm -hmm. but at the same time, like if I could bring together dope people, like the energy is just right, you yeah. know. Yeah, that That's was it. that was a fun night. I remember that. Was that was a great man. night, bro. Yeah, and, and just like yeah, being on the mic that night, and also yeah, shout out to World's Fair. They also came through. Yeah, my man Lansky. It was somebody's birthday as well. I remember that, and it was yep. just great just to sort of experience that perfect example of what we're talking about. And that night and from, I think, you know, further conversations with you and others, I feel like that's that's sort of what we want to continue to create in the city. You know, it's just sort of that that same feeling and that same like respect for for each other. I think we sort of fast forwarded a little bit, but yeah. like, you know, so from like at this young age of sort of like, you know, just performing and like sort of learning even like the Lower East Side and just New York City performance scene. Like what sort of like led to your next step in terms of like recording music and and all Yo, those other things. It was such a process, dude. Like I played so so the rock the rock stuff, the singer songwriter stuff, the Lower East Side situation. That was all like probably up until I was like 13, 14. Okay. Um, I was in a band around that time that was crazy. Mm -hmm. That was just like a bunch of 13, 14 year olds while now playing <laughs> all those venues. What was the name of the band? It was called Outer Child. Mm. Shout out Outer Child. Real mm. um, ones know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that was cool. That was crazy. We like, you know, that was like my first introduction to the music industry. My piano teacher at the time had put that together. It was mm. like all her students that played other instruments. And I was the only one that didn't play any other instruments. And she, the, the only one that was left that she needed was a bassist. Right. So she was like, oh, you have good rhythm. Like, just learn to play bass. So I was like, fuck it. So I did. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. So she she got me one. Mm. Uh, and I played. I just kind of taught myself and learned that. Um, moved into jazz when I was like, when I was like 15, 16. Um, started playing that. Started playing upright bass. Like, studied that. OD. Yeah. Um, yeah, I played the upright bass too back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For jazz, you played jazz, or you played? It was like, more for like electric, like electric, like bass okay. guitar, and then also stand up for like. I started on the stand up bass, and then went to the the electric bass. That's fine. I even yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah. That's bro. That's still my favorite instrument, mm. upright bass, because it's just so like satisfying when you. It's such a physical instrument to it play. It is. Yeah, like it's a lot. Of, like if you play, I mean, piano, I guess it is too. But like guitar, like if you can hold the notes down and you can strum, like all right, like you played the chord, mm -hmm. you know. The upright bass is just like you gotta like be one with that shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah definitely. It's crazy. And when you play in a group or with like a if you're in a jam session or something like that, mm -hmm. and like the anyone else can sort of like do what they want to do, but the bass has to sort of be gotta hold it down because <laughs> that holds everything else together. So yeah. so yeah, man, yeah. So so definitely. So so now you you're sort of you know you know playing in this band and then sort of now moving on to the next step like what wh how old are you at this point like around when I started playing bass and jazz and stuff I was like 15 16 mm -hmm. this whole time though I wasn't making hip-hop but yeah. I've been listening to hip-hop since I was like and I kind of found it myself because I was telling you, like my parents yeah. raised me on everything else yeah yeah so what the reason that hip-hop also kind of has like a special place in my heart is because it was the first music that I found 
on my own yeah you feel me like via the internet like kind of just doing my own research and like back when <laughs> back when blogs were I, I personally feel like blogs were in a better place you know <laughs> pictures and planes yeah. and all that pictures and planes was wow. like the holy grail bro like i would just scroll that all day mm-hmm. and i remember i found i found chance through that i found bino through that like mm-hmm. those are two two of my first big influences i found hobson super random but <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know like just a whole variety and the, re- the reason that my influences are all over the place is because I was finding it myself mm. and it wasn't like my parents or like an older sibling or whatever put me on to like a certain artist and then right. like kind of pushed me in that direction. I was just like Completely. on the internet yeah. and the internet is a crazy place. Definitely, <laughs> so, Definitely. so I was pulling from all over. Um, and so it took me a while to kind of figure out my sound because mm. I was listening to so much different shit. Yeah. I was like, I, I was on my like heavy pro era shit for a while yeah, when I was younger. Um, Chance and Gambino, I went into like the whole our future thing for a while i was all over you know mm-hmm. so through all the and through all that i was playing all these other kinds of music mm-hmm. i was playing jazz i was in orchestra for two years playing upright bass also yeah um i was in i was another rock band when i was in high school and we used to just play around the city too yeah just on some diy venue shit so my whole thing is like i it basically took me like four or five years to like figure out what to do mm-hmm. with all of that shit yeah. you know yeah because it's matt like obviously like you could you know you can implement a lot of different kinds of music in hip-hop and in pop or whatever you mm-hmm. can combine them you can pull influence but like not all of it you know yeah, like yeah. not all at once yeah so my whole thing has always been figuring out like how to use all of my musical experience to make music that's meaningful but like still goes hard and still yeah. knocks and like yeah. and, and how to and, to, and learning like how to pick and choose what to use at, at what time mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that's yeah. like the yeah create your own recipe with it right you know Definitely. and it's also like that's what everybody's always trying to do mm-hmm. you know like that like you have to especially as an independent artist when like everybody you know with with like the amount that you can do in like music production just in a laptop mm-hmm. like the the accessibility mm-hmm. for it now like the access that everybody has to just be able to create at any time like you gotta have something like in here you know yeah. like yeah yeah no, so that's true man and i feel like that that's sort of what sets apart you know the people who sort of have like the the fuel and, and also the originality to sort of pull from within themselves and sort of create from their unique life experiences and the music influences that they have that sort of like you know stands the test of time you know you yeah. can hear it and you know this comes from a real place my mentality on this has changed a lot over mm-hmm. time Cause you know, like if you, like if you're a big pro era fan when you're mm-hmm. 14, mm-hmm. you're on your bar shit. Like you're not, I'm not like I'm not, I'm not jacking anything else, you know. So I've definitely evolved in that way. And at this point, like I can respect like people that make music just to fucking make music. And, yeah. like, maybe they don't necessarily have like I realize I'm lucky to have had certain resources that like allowed me to learn music theory, yeah. you know, and like allowed me to be able to play in different bands and learn different instruments and have that background. But it's mm-hmm. like I respect the people that also were just like don't have any of the training mm-hmm. and were just like hearing music hearing hip-hop and they're like i could do this and just yeah. bought the usb mic and had the laptop and just got a garage band and like that's how i started yeah. regardless you yeah. know i yeah, just yeah. happened to have a little bit more musical knowledge behind me mm. but i started the same way i recorded a feature the first feature i did that, yeah. that came out was a guitar hero mic and garage band wow. bro yeah <laughs> and shout out motherfucking mellow shout out pivot gang saba <laughs> in chicago um that was a uh, I, I respect the fact that people will just do it to do it because mm. it's fun at the end of the day like mm. it should be fun and we could talk about like musical training and like theory and like yeah all of that stuff like all day but like at the end of the day like if you're not having fun with it if yeah. it's not coming from a place of it just, all starts like, with the feeling yeah exactly you know? exactly yeah, yeah man so so yeah what was that experience like sort of recording your first song yo <laughs> so i was doing so 
right, I'm gonna go. Th- I'm gonna go through the full story. Yeah, shit is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just back to the internet concept too, right? Yeah. So I was back when I was doing jazz. I was doing a summer program, and one of the teachers there. This was like right when people were starting to get on Chance, like as a yeah. rap. It was like right after as a rap job, mm-hmm. or like maybe a year after as a rap. So I was at this jazz thing, and like obviously pretty much everyone that's like 14 and playing jazz is also fucking with chance because okay. like you could that's all over you know yeah, yeah um so i'm there and one of the teachers there i was just i was sitting with him and a couple other people and he was just showing us all of the songs that chance sampled for acid rap mm-hmm. and we were just losing it for like an hour <laughs> he was just playing song after song and we we're just like oh shit um so that was crazy and like you know he, he was also telling us about some artists that he was working with in chicago that he's producing for mm. and one of those people was saba of course um, yeah saba pivot yeah, yeah yeah so that was right after comfort zone drop which is saba's mm. first tape and he sh- sent me that i listened to it like that night and i lost it bro that yeah. was like that yeah. shit was so hard Definitely. and just to know people that were directly involved in the production of that at a time where i was just starting to learn how to do it mm. was crazy because it felt like the proximity was so close and i was like it seemed very attainable yeah you know um and so yeah through the internet ended up just like communicating with saba communicating with with squeak and mellow from pivot gang just mm. like other producers rappers whatever from chicago um, ended up communicating with Lily Kay, who was one of Chance's backup singers. Yeah. I just really tried to get immersed in that, you know, mm. because at a time where, you know, going back to like just combining the two, that was my sweet spot for like jazz and hip hop, you yeah. know, like that. Yeah, at, yeah. At that there, I have I've had so many different points where different genres collided, and that's right. like I had a little phase working on that and working out how how I could make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that was that one for me. Nice. It was jazz and hip hop. So I was like really on my chance tip. Um, mm-hmm. And Chicago too, even outside of Chance, just has so many crazy artists that are killing that. Between Saba, that's between bad. Smino, Raven Lene, like John Doe, like killing it. Yeah. Um, and also just really pioneering like the way that that's done now because mm-hmm. obviously sampling is such an old art, but like just using the theory and like figuring out how to sample and resample and flip stuff is like is crazy so the mm. fact that they're still making new sounds through that is 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 super wild for me to see definitely um definitely. so yeah so the first feature i did ended up being for motherfucking mellow from pivot gang mm-hmm. um we had just been talking me and him and squeak had been talking i did a session with squeak here uh when squeak came to new york for a show um squeak's one of the djs producers from pivot gang mm-hmm. um and yeah, he sent me this track and he was like, yo, like just I just need this little interlude part filled out if you got like some melodies or something. Mm. So I went in and I just like, I, I sent him the demo. Actually, this is crazy. I sent him the <laughs> demo on the Apple the Apple earbud microphone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. In Garage Man. <laughs> and he was like, cool, this is dope. Like, go to the studio and record it for real. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, like, I'm 14, I'm 15. Like, I don't have a studio. What <laughs> studio? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, bet, bet, bet. <laughs> so, I, I, so I set up my, my laptop. I got the guitar here on mic and I recorded it again. And I listened back and I was like, alright, this is good enough. Like studio quality. <laughs> it's good enough, yeah, yeah. And you know, like mind you, like I don't I don't know what studio quality sounds yeah, like. Like yeah, my yeah. reference is like like voice memos. It's like voice memos or like good USB mic. Like right. that was the closest I could get. So I sent it. He was like, dope, this is fire. <laughs> Put it out. Um so that was my first feature, and that was like, you know, one of the things that made me realize and kind of made me push me in the direction of like just pursuing it for real mm. i was like damn if i put out a feature with this imagine if i had like actual resources yeah you know? yeah 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 um so yeah so that's that was my first feature and that was one of the things that kind of introduced the people that knew me to that kind of music that right. i was making because they knew me for rock they knew me for jazz mm. so then when i graduate when i just fast forward that was like sophomore year of high school mm. fast forward to senior year i dropped my first song called options on the last day of my senior year yeah just to see like what people would think you know like they weren't really used to me rap rapping rap singing mm-hmm. i was on i was on some like 
yeah, I was on some SoundCloud shit, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and they weren't used to it, so I put it out just to kind of feel out how it would work. And, I mean, how, how people respond to it. And I sent mad emails, because I had no mm-hmm. management or anything. I wasn't quite taking it seriously yet. Mm-hmm. So I sent, I think it was like 86 emails. Yeah. To, and I, I just hit every blog submission I could find. A couple DJs, but mostly just blogs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, like, because that's, that's how I came up finding music. Like mm-hmm. we were talking about before, Pigeons and Planes, like, noisy, like, all that stuff. So I was like, this is the way. Like, this is the way to get in front of people. It worked for me. Yeah. So I hit them and got hella lucky and just, like, ended up in Hot New Hip Hop, mm-hmm. which is fire. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit. This okay. is now. I was like, all right, cool. I so I guess yeah. we're doing this, yeah. <laughs> Um, and that ended up just getting me mad streams, which is crazy. And I was like, I had to kind of, I didn't have any other songs. So I had to step back and be like, all right, like, am I just going to do this for a little bit and see what happens? Um, and at, at the time I was also interning at Fool's Gold Records. Yeah. Just on some, on some other shit, just like to kind of learn the industry. I knew I wanted to be in music regardless. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure if it was going to be making music or if it was going to be in some other way. Yeah. So working at Fool's Gold was dope because it showed me how a record label works one that's super successful and has worked with some huge artists mm-hmm. um but is also like in terms of staff and in terms of scale is actually pretty small definitely is able to work directly with the people there um which is mad cool is able to work events and meet some dope people some dope artists nice um so those two things kind of happened that kind of coincided at the same time and i was like damn like i should just do this like yeah. i was about to go to college i was committed mm-hmm. to connecticut college mm-hmm. And then I was like, this doesn't make sense right now. Mm. Like, I should at least take a year and just see. I'm right here. Like, I'm, I'm doing with, a, I'm with yeah. A-Track all, like, every day. Like, what am I doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I ended up just just withdrawing myself. Mm. Now, my mom is a teacher and my grandma is a teacher. <laughs> so that wasn't easy. <laughs> that, didn't go, that didn't go over well. I actually ended up moving out, like, that mm. week. Because mm. I was like, it wasn't it wasn't going well. <laughs> and yeah. we, we good now. Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. just going on. She understands. But, like, at the time, it was a, it was a really... It was a point of tension for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved out and I just like was grinding all summer. I was just making mad music. I started working, like I got myself a job and I was like, this is right out of high school. It's like, I don't know what the yeah. I was doing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, was, I was just doing retail. <laughs> I had like six jobs at one point. I was just going for it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, since then I've just been dropping music. I did a couple on SoundCloud. My, mm-hmm. The second single I dropped was I don't know if you heard. It's called Neo Yokio. Yep. After the uh, after the, sh- the, the Netflix. Netflix show. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's crazy because that show is just way too close to home for me. <laughs> like just the way I grew up. Like it's a whole satire of like the circles that I grew up in mm-hmm. and the type of world I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate the perspective because I grew up. Like my 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 like I was saying before, like I went to school uptown, but I lived downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was always kind of looking at the culture that I was in mm. uptown mm-hmm. from like an outside perspective, right? Yeah. yeah so even yeah. though I was immersed in it, I was in the middle of it. Like I was still kind of, it was still kind of jokes to me. Understandable, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Neil Yokio, Ezra Koenig uh, from Vampire Weekend is the creator of that show. Mm-hmm. And first of all, that was one of the bands that I was listening to OD in middle school, high school, like when I was on my rock shit. <laughs> um, so I already like huge respect for Ezra Koenig. Mm-hmm. And then the main character's name is Kaz. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. kind of looks like me, but with pink hair. And they actually, like, they used my actual high school what? in the thing. They used, the, like, the logo of the school. Is like my high school's logo. Trippy. <laughs> yeah. So I was watching that. I, I was watching it at like two a.m. <laughs> I hadn't slept in like two days. I had been like working on shit, and I was like, "Bro, this is so crazy. Yeah. I can't not Surreal. make a song like this." You know. Surreal. So I just went on Cash Money AP SoundCloud, like ripped the beat. <laughs> it was like fuck it, wrote the whole thing. 
Um, and then they picked it up. They like found it. We tweeted it them OD, uh, and then they like they put together like a, a Neo Yokio playlist, and yeah. they had like they posted it a couple times, and they like put it in there. They made like a visual for it. Wow. It was crazy. That's Just dope. to be acknowledged was wild. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was the second song I put out, and that was the second time that I got like some type of recognition that mm. I wasn't really expecting, and I was like, all right. That so every every time I've dropped something like something has kind of popped up or someone has popped up and shown love that has kind of kept me going and yeah. realizing that like it's always going to be a new a new one every time you know mm. and i should just keep pushing so that's i've just been doing that since yeah. then that was that was uh, a little over a year ago that was like october 2017 okay so it's been about a year and a half since i like really started since mm. i dropped that first song and it's crazy because it feels like it's been like two weeks like to be real, like, <laughs> real. yeah how's yeah. it been but it's been crazy because it's like the whole well first of all like the whole time I'm just like I'm just working on my relationship with my parents, right? So mm-hmm. I'm always trying to show them that I'm I'm doing something, I got stuff going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So that whole process has been wild because that's that's up and down all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. I've I've three younger sisters too, mm-hmm. um, so it's like it's the amount of pressure at certain points is crazy because like on one hand I'm always trying to show them that they can do this, yeah. you know, because yeah, like yeah. I needed somebody to show me I could do this, so mm-hmm. like. I, that's my job yeah. really at the end of the day like yeah. I, like I could do music whatever but at the, at the end of the day like my responsibility is that mm. um, so on one hand I'm trying to show them they could do whatever they want as yeah. long as they really put in work on the other hand like I can't fail because mm. if I do they're not gonna try shit <laughs> you know like like you know do you have older siblings or younger siblings younger siblings younger yeah. siblings so you know what it's like how yeah. many you have two so one younger brother and younger sister okay yeah yeah so you know what it's like to be the oldest mm. and to be like their superhero yeah, the you like standard is like yeah. yeah 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 and they just they just look up to us so much bro mm. it's crazy and mm. especially when there's three of them and they're all girls it's like yeah it's it, the response it, like it weighs on you yeah, yeah. in a good way because I feel like that's like it at the end of the day when nothing else makes sense like it's a it's a purpose like i could find some purpose in being an older sibling mm. so there's that has always felt good for me definitely and it's always been like something i could kind of center myself around mm. um but it's just it's just like when you think about like trying to achieve stuff and like when you're taking risks like they're watching you like they're, yeah. they're like they're trying to see how far you could push it mm. so that they can see how far they could push it because they set their standard by that like you were just saying so definitely that's a huge motivation for me so it's just been like a rush like the whole time it's yeah. just like and especially when you go from being on a school calendar right for 13 yeah. years yeah and then you just like free like free flow through the right yeah it's crazy like i don't even know like like i just be losing track of what month it is like you yeah. know i'm just going like yeah. yeah yeah and until i get to a certain i think a lot of artists are like this where like until you get to a certain point mm. where you feel like you could really chill out like you got to work all the time like Definitely. i don't feel like there's any days off or any time off really yeah especially like when you're doing nightlife like when i'm djing when i'm throwing parties or whatever like my schedule is already so flipped like i'm up all night anyway, oh yeah you know yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. just a 24 7 thing completely um so that was like the biggest change i think from when i graduated and when i really started taking music mm. seriously but i like it you know i think it fits my personality i, w- I didn't really have good grades in school because mm. i was always just fucking with music shit yeah, like i would yeah. go home and just fuck around with logic and like you know that's always kind of what I was doing regardless so mm-hmm. graduating and being and moving out and being able to just like do that full time mm-hmm. it was like obviously like the best thing I could do in my life you absolutely. know so absolutely. it just feels mad good to just pursue it all and just and just go for it nice man that was uh like last year mm-hmm. yeah and then since then I just I just have been working OD and like yeah. making music and then so you heard Can't Save Me? Yeah, man. Okay, yeah. So, I, dr- bro, this shit is so crazy. <laughs> this story is so crazy. I'm trying to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How I'm, how I'm going to lay it out. Take so, your time. Take your time. <laughs> Long story short, I dropped a song on Spinning Records, which I did not see coming at all in the, in the next, like, two or three years, at least. 
but yeah, it's a, it's a it's an EDM track. It's a collaboration with a producer from the Ukraine named Sagan, um, producer DJ, uh, super talented dude, mm-hmm. super established in Europe. Um, super honored that I was able to make music with him at all. Uh, but yeah, he like basically hit hit me and my producer up on the internet and was like, mm-hmm. yo. I fuck with you like I've done a bunch of top lining stuff for EDM music mm, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll write hooks I'll write verses yeah um, I'll sell them through a company mm-hmm. to producers that don't necessarily have access to that because the EDM world like I feel like is very like bedroom based like it's mm. so many EDM pre- and it's crazy when you think about it like a lot of the biggest songs that they play in front of like tens of thousands of people at raves and shit in like Tomorrowland and Ultra yeah. and all that yeah. stuff like people make those in their crib bro yeah. like they, they sit in bed and like program Same. that shit yeah. you yeah, know yeah. so a lot of those people don't have access to like artists because they mm. could be they could be anywhere they could be in the middle of nowhere so if you need a vocalist like it's a lot easier for you to just go find a sample or mm. find a hook that you can buy right royalty free or whatever the deal is um so I was recording those for a while. I yeah. do like a little bit every once in a while now. Less less now because like I'm connected with actual more actual producers. Yeah. Um, like directly. But I was do- I was doing that for a while. I was recording hooks and writing them and selling them. And so he heard one of them, Stu mm. Sagan, uh, and he hit us up and he was like, "Yo, like I want to get like a custom Kazi vocal." Mm. So we ended up just making a song. He sent me a beat. When he sent it to me, it was a remix of uh, "Playing with Me" by Kyle. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And he said it to me, and he was like, "Just do something like this," and then just like took the vocals out. <laughs> so I just wrote the song, <laughs> and it ended up, you know, when I'm doing EDM stuff, I always try to be a little cautious because I still want my sound. Yeah, like I still want it to sound like a Kazi song, regardless of what the production is. Definitely. And I think all artists should be able to do that. Like anybody should be able to hop on a track of any type of production. You should know who it is. You know. Right, right, right. Um, so my focus and honing in my sound has been mostly just like figuring out how to make sure that my i'm recognizable no matter what i'm singing over no matter what i'm rapping over yeah so that was like a great exercise for me mm-hmm. um and i feel like for this joint we were able to really just like nail it Definitely. and make it sound like like just it sounds like i'm like it's like when you hear my music i'm, I'm kind of rap singing you know yeah, yeah um yeah. and there's not a lot of that in edm mm. like there's a lot of just like kind of big open pop flowing vocals mm-hmm. and i tried to make sure that i maintain some flow i had some bars in there yeah um without it being like a trap EDM song right. with like a big drop, you know? Right. So we made it work. Um, and then my man Sagan just went and got his signed to Spinning Records. <laughs> so we lit now. That's what's up. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy process just working with like a major label. Spinning is under Warner, so like mm-hmm. the team is kind of small because it's like, you know, it's an EDM label. They don't have to do like too, too much in terms of like artist development, mm-hmm. especially for a single deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, at the end of the day, like Warner is distributing it, you know? Yeah. So it's been crazy just to like shift from like the scale that i was at mm-hmm. i didn't send no promo emails yeah. bro like, yeah at all so it's just it's just different different working with a label like that definitely um and just dope because it's such a huge platform you mm-hmm. know like i haven't worked with fool's gold which is like kind of right at the intersection of hip-hop and edm yeah i definitely had already started to understand that world mm-hmm. like i mean a-track is like the king of that obviously like mm-hmm. just as a dj and I, I, as a general curator and tastemaker and culture the way he signs people the way he books the the lineups for day off and everything in all these different cities like he just really knows like what where the line is between edm and hip-hop and like and how to play it you know right um so being around that gave me a lot of the just the cultural context i think i needed to do this Mm. to work with spinning and to like kind of show them what in america because they're based in amsterdam yeah sagan's based in ukraine the label's based in amsterdam i've been working on all different time zones that's why i haven't slept in like three weeks like i'll be answering emails like 4 a.m yeah um so so being able to kind of pitch myself as an artist to them 
and try to get myself more involved like as a featuring artist rather than being kind of just like a ghost top line or like yeah. a lot of the other stuff I had done it was a whole process but I think being at Fool's Gold kind of gave me the the understanding of that culture to be able to like show them why it was valuable to yeah. have me yeah. um to have me be more at the forefront of that so we shot put that out Friday shot the video for it last week crazy I found the direct I found the director for it at 11 p.m. the night before <laughs> and met up with him wow he pulled up to my crib and we just talked about it i played him the song he was like cool let's do it amazing, <laughs> the next man. day we just did it it was crazy dude wow, wow. um so and there's there's also just like a language barrier working with the label mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it was just like <laughs> the whole process is so crazy many levels, yeah. so on so many levels but i'm glad i'm glad it's out uh go get that <laughs> can't save me by staking and kazi all platforms um and yeah, we'll see where it goes from there. You know, yeah, like, I'm sure you know with a lot of artists, like they try to plan ahead really far. We strategize a lot. Um, and this is one of the times. And you know, if you're independent, you can do it for as long as you want. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you don't have any label, you don't have any deadlines, you could project a plan, a six month plan, a year long plan, five years, like you can do whatever. Yeah. This is kind of the first time in my career where I haven't really been able to do that because I don't know mm -hmm. what's going to come out of this right. song. It's such a big platform and it's such a big switch up for me that like yeah. I just got to wait. I just got to sit on it, it, which is hard for me because I'm always moving. I'm always mad antsy, like, you know, definitely, definitely. so we'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll come, come back and update in a little bit. No, it's <laughs> exciting, see what's going man. On. Yeah. yeah. And even just like from hearing parts of that story, it's like certain things that you sort of like certain life decisions and choice that you made in your life actually prepared you for like you said this moment Hell yeah you know so i think that's sort of like a big like teaching point i think for a lot of people who like are trying to figure out this thing or trying to figure out okay how do i establish myself in whatever industry or whatever creative field they're in it's like sometimes like you can't really fully predict like what a certain choice you'll make like say working for fool's gold or yeah. you know sort of you know doing your own events or even like doing different like performance gigs like what that will sort of say in the future but then you know a year or so later you're in a situation where that experience that you decided to take a risk on in the past actually prepares you for what you're gonna do so like i feel yeah. like you saying that and you, you're like a clear example of that man and like you know if that's any encouragement like even like you deciding to sort of do your own thing and not go to school i feel like you sort of like you know took a, a risk and it's, it's paying off you know so like keep doing it man like i feel like the more that you put yourself out there and the more that you sort of like create on your own terms and sort of like you know create the life for yourself that you want like those experiences will create the moments that you're looking for man so yeah yeah definitely man it's happening dude it's, it's happening. happening it's happening <laughs> it's super real and i think it's also important for people to know that like mm. anybody could do that shit like if you have the talent you really try mm. like obviously i'm not gonna say it's easy no like i think a lot of people get on the radio and talk about like oh yeah i just fucked around and made music yeah, yeah, not yeah. true like you gotta go hard unless you're like super plugged but yeah, <laughs> but i mean that's cool too yeah. but <laughs> if you're i mean yeah i, I it would have been nice for me as a as a teenager to have an artist around me that like had really just built themselves up and just sent the emails and like i still don't have a manager like yeah, i right. like I, I had a manager for like six months shout out aiden my <laughs> guy um but I, there was a point where i was just grinding and making music and like didn't really need management i was just i was just working and trying to hone in on my sound mm -hmm. and then like since then shit has just ramped up so now it's just like it's just me like i bro i negotiated the deal myself mm -hmm. like over email like mm -hmm. the splits everything so you just gotta go like even when you get to this level like sometimes if you don't have a team it's cool like just do what you can by yourself people respect it people appreciate that you're like going for it they see the ambition like yeah you don't need you don't need that much to if you have the motivation you don't need that much to to get to where you want to get you just got to do it 
That's you really got. I'm not Gary V. Shit, shout out Gary V. <laughs> just fucking do it. <laughs> man, that's it. Yeah, yo, man. That's it, man. Well, yo, I definitely appreciate you just sharing, you know, parts of your story, man. Like, For sure, man. you know, definitely, I'm, I'm definitely like just encouraged, just in, even just seeing where you're gonna take things, man. I feel like. You know, it's still very early. It's still very much the Hello beginning, early. man. So yeah. so, yeah, man, definitely. Nothing but success for the future, man. Thank definitely. you, bro. Uh, thank you for having me on here, man. Shout out Open Canvas. <laughs> shout out my man, Taj. Hey. Hey. <laughs> we out here. Well, thanks again, man. I appreciate everything. Of course, man. This has been the Open Canvas with Taj Alexander, my brother Kazi. And we're out. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also, stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, tajtaj.opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander. 